Before this episode begins, a reminder to send us sounds that you hear around your house and around your world that you love. Sounds that evoke some kind of meaning or some kind of story or some kind of ritual that you have that adds enjoyment to your life. We want to do a show including your sounds. They can be simple sounds, sounds of a door opening, sounds of the jangle of keys, what your car sounds like when it starts up, whatever it is, the sound of the birds outside, whatever it is that you hear that makes you feel something inside. We want to hear those sounds. Record them with your voice memo app and send them to bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com. Also include a description of why that sound means something. You can either record that with your own voice or write it down in an email and we'll read it. But we want you to participate in this episode and we look forward to hearing your sounds. I'm Katie Sewell, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Tiffany Parks. Hello, and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. Today is a very special day in the city of Rome. April 21st is known as the birthday of Rome, also called the Natale di Roma, and I've always thought it's amazing that Romans have a partic- such a precise date as to the founding of this extremely old city. And the precise date is the 21st of April, 753 BC, which means that this year Rome is turning 2,775 years old, which is pretty impressive to think that this city has been continually inhabited since that time, and uh, probably even for a few hundred years before that time. Of course, the origin myth of Rome is, is pretty well known. Most people have at least an inkling of the story of Romulus and Remus. Um, it, it actually dates back a little bit further than those two twin brothers to King Numitor, who was ruling in the nearby settlement of Alba Longa. King Numitor is usurped by his younger brother, This younger brother, after he's killed the king, decides he's going to kill his sons as well so that they will not uh, challenge his right to the throne. He leaves the king's daughter alive, however. This girl's name is Rhea Silvia. She is forced to become a chaste priestess who, upon pain of death, is not permitted to lose her virginity, thereby ensuring that she will not bear any heirs to her father's throne. Well, it doesn't exactly go according to plan because... Rhea Silvia does indeed become pregnant. Uh, she claims she has been impregnated by the god Mars. So not just, you know, your regular run-of-the-mill <laughs> villager. Uh, she gives birth to twin boys. She, uh, because she is, uh, you know, sworn to this priesthood, this priestesshood, she's not allowed to keep her children. Upon pain of death, she must give them away. They're placed in a basket, floated down the Tiber River, where they eventually wash up on the banks of what will eventually become known as the Palatine Hill. These twin brothers are famously suckled by a she-wolf. Now, it's interesting to know that the word for she-wolf, lupa in Italian, is very similar to the word for prostitute 
in Latin, or at least in the, the dialect being spoken in ancient Rome at that time. And so, uh, you know, who knows if it was actually a she-wolf or a prostitute who raised these twin brothers. Eventually, they are adopted by a shepherd and his wife and are raised. Somehow, they feel in their blood that they are noble, that they are destined to, to rule uh, a city, if not a great kingdom. I don't know if they actually find out, ever find out that they are the descendants of King Numitor, but they definitely know they are destined for greatness. They each decide that they want to found a new city, but they want to be the only one. They don't want to have a brother as a rival. So they go through a series of tests to see who gets to be the king, and uh, no agreement is reached. Eventually, Remus jumps over Romulus's sacred border that he has plowed into the ground on the Palatine Hill, and Romulus slays his brother. The reason behind this is that he he claims that no one shall ever violate the sacred boundary of his city, not even his twin brother, and that the same will happen to anyone who ever attempts to violate the territory of Rome. Rome, of course, named after Romulus. Is there any truth to this legend? Probably, I mean, I'll leave that up to you. I would say probably not, or at least it was highly embellished over time. But this story does originally come down to us from Livy, the Roman historian active during the first century BC. So at the very least, it's a legend that has been around for 2000 years. Now, in Rome on April 21st, which I suppose is the day that Romulus plowed the sacred furrow around the city, there are some celebrations that happen in Rome. Now, they have been on pause for the last couple of years due to COVID, but this year they are back on. There is a society here in Rome called the Gruppo Storico Romano, and the people who belong to this society are extremely passionate about ancient Rome. I mean, it is beyond being just a hobby. And a lot of these people actually work as uh, extras in films, in, in big Hollywood films or big Cinecita films that involve ancient Rome, anything that takes place in ancient Rome, these are the guys that you're going to hire. They have extremely historically accurate costumes, very expensive ones, and they, um, you know, it's kind of their their life's work to uh, to recreate all things ancient Rome. And on the 21st of April, or at least in the days around the 21st of April, every year they have the largest historical reenactment in the world. Uh, they actually do several different events over the days around uh, the 21st of April. But the most important one is a procession that leads from the Circus Maximus to the forum. This year, the historical procession is actually taking place on Sunday, the 24th, but there are also plenty of historical reenactments going on in the days leading up to it, including, of course, the 21st. Now, there's another thing that happens on the 21st of April, which is pretty spectacular if you have a chance to see it. If you go to the Pantheon at 1 p.m., it has to be 1 p.m. Get there a little bit early because there might be a line. At 1 p.m. exactly, on the 21st of April, the sun shines through the oculus of the Pantheon and straight out the doors. And I have seen this once in my life. Only once have I 
manage to to get there at the exact moment, but it's pretty spectacular and I took a picture of it. So I will be sure to post that on our social media the day this mini episode airs. If you're fascinated about the origin stories of ancient Rome, uh, regardless of when you come to visit the city, I highly suggest a visit to the Capitoline Museums. The Hall of the Conservators, which is the, the main part of the museum, has one very large room in it. I mean, it has many, many rooms, but the, the, the very, kind of the very first room that you go into, the Hall of the Horatii and the Curiatii, this room has frescoes by Cavalier d'Arpino of the major stories of the founding myth of Rome. And they're really, they really do make the stories come alive. So I highly suggest that museum if that interests you. Have a wonderful Natale di Roma and join us again. Bye. Do you have a topic you want us to explore? Send your requests. We love to hear what you want to know. Visit thebittersweetlife.net and contact us with your questions, your adventures, your observations, your favorite episodes. We love hearing from you. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for The Bittersweet Life Podcast.